This is the Wealth Game Podcast, where business owners and investors learn the game of growing and keeping more of their wealth through the same tax and investment strategies used by the wealthy. Your host, Brent Beeman, is a CPA, tax advisor, and president of Beeman & Company. We're going to talk about revocable trusts right now in this episode. And to start, you really need to understand what a trust is. You need to understand how it is different from an LLC, from a corporation, and you need to understand some key terms and keywords related to trust. So let's let's jump into some of those. So first, a trust is not technically a legal entity. A trust is not an LLC. It doesn't have a state registration like LLCs and corporations do. A trust is more of a contract, a legally binding contract, kind of a set of a set of instructions or terms or things that a trustee would specifically need to follow. Uh, trusts can own land though, and trusts can own businesses. And you just you just need to understand what they can and can't do. And I do want to send a reminder or provide a reminder that I am not an attorney, I'm not your legal representative. I don't give legal advice. This is from my point of view as a CPA, as we're doing tax planning with clients and, and businesses and uh, high net worth individuals. So take it for what it is, not as legal advice, but as part of your education. Uh, so here's some of the keywords: a revocable trust. You need to understand the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust. So first, a revocable trust, I want you to remember or think of that a revocable trust is it something that you can remove or revert or yeah, revoke or remove or reverse something that can be undone. So let's say that I, I set up a trust and this trust is a revocable trust and I put my personal house into that trust. And let's say a year later, I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's a great idea. I want to reverse that. I, I want to get the per, my personal house back into my, into my name, a revocable trust when it's in that type of trust. Yeah, that's completely possible me as the trustee and as the grantor, I have those powers to be able to pull it back. I would typically have those powers to to pull back those assets that I'd put into a revocable trust. Irrevocable trusts, from my understanding, is it's extremely hard or near impossible or sometimes impossible to pull assets back out of that type of trust. And so that's that's the difference between revocable, think of reversible, and irrevocable is irrevocable irreversible. And another thing with those types of trusts, well, first let's, a revocable trust is commonly known or or like the, the more common trust that you'll see and that people set up and they go, oh, I set up a trust to, to hold my family assets or, or to hold our personal assets for my spouse and I. People are normally talking about family trusts, which are normally these grantor trusts, meaning you as the grantor, you're the one giving the assets into the trust. They're usually these grantor family revocable trusts. And those are those names are usually synonymous and put together for that type of trust. Think of grantor, grantor trust, revocable trust, family trust. That's usually what those are. Those are revocable trusts. Um, irrevocable, they're a lot more commonly used with, with tax planning. Maybe I'll do a full episode on on some tax planning with irrevocable trusts, but they're not your typical trusts uh, where you're holding, say, your house or maybe your your business ownership, unless it's part of a bigger estate plan. So I wouldn't just go start throwing assets into trusts. Make sure you're talking to 
an estate planning attorney, an asset protection attorney, make sure, and your tax advisor, make sure everything kind of jives together and it's all part of the bigger picture. And so you so you don't get into a situation where you can't undo something that you've done. So let's let's talk about the taxation of these trusts. So again, back to that example. Let's say, let's say I put my I want to I want to do some estate planning and I want to put my personal house into a trust. And first off, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to set up a revocable trust? The main reason, <clears throat> as we understand it, when we're working with, with clients, is not a tax reason at all for these grantor family trusts. The main reason is the asset protection and the estate planning purposes. I'd say even more for the estate planning purposes. Because when you die, if your stuff, your your stuff, your assets is not in a trust, when you die, automatically it's going to go to through the probate process. It'll be subject to a will. And what the will says, it's going to go to a court and the judge decides and interprets the will and says, okay, that's, we'll follow the will here and those assets go there or those assets go there. But if you've put your assets into a trust before you die in one of these grantor revocable trusts, family trusts, after you die, the assets go into the trust automatically. It can be a house, it can be specific assets. When you're setting up this type of trust, you will list the specific assets that go into that trust. If important thing related to that is if, say it's it's a, it's a house or car or things where you've got title or deeds, that needs to be done before you die. So make sure things are owned by the trust before you die. So it saves your family all that time of going through the probate process, going through the court system and trying to get things into that trust. Because some, if it's not set up right, things aren't signed and things aren't deeded over. There's nothing holding the court and the legal system to your trust if you haven't set it up right or signed it or, or transferred things over before you pass. That's very important. Make sure you as grantor, you as the trustee initially, you're doing all those things so the trust assets are actually owned by the trust. Uh, for tax purposes, these family trusts, grantor revocable trusts, are typically not filing any tax returns. Because of your ability to pull assets back out, even if you've got income reporting to those trusts and transactions through those trusts and business ownership in those trusts, that trust itself is typically not filing any sort of tax return. All of the activities getting reported to you as the as the grantor and as the trustee of the trust. Um, that's actually helpful in your planning because, or and it simplifies your your tax reporting, because if you're already filing these business tax returns, it saves you a step from needing to file trust tax returns while you're alive. And so just be aware of that. There's not always a need for a trust tax return, even though assets and income and activities reported through a trust. But what happens is, and this is this is common, after someone dies, let's say someone passes away on July 1st, right, right in the middle of the tax year. And before they pass, of course, they're they're an individual, they've got personal accounts, they've got income, they're earning all the activity up through that point um, on, on say, uh, after the end of that same tax year, all that activity will be reported on a tax return uh, for them individually through July 1st when they passed away. But after July 1st, all these assets and investment accounts and, and everything went over to the trust. And all of a sudden, the trust 
is starting to generate income of its own and tax and tax reporting requirements of its own. So from July 1st until the end of the year, all of that will be trust activity. So if, if we're helping you or if you're pulling together information to file tax returns, you'll want to gather documents kind of in two different sections. One would be for the individual that passed and one would be for the, the trust activity after that point. And in that point, in that uh, situation, there would be a tax return that's filed in the year that someone passes. But usually up to that point, they could have had that trust for 20 years. There wouldn't have been any tax filing requirements for it. But after they pass in that tax year, that's when they need to file a tax return. So <clears throat> that's, I, I want to really answer that question of what is a revocable trust and should you set one up? So to kind of reiterate and summarize what a revocable trust is, a revocable trust is a, is a we'll call it a, an entity. It's a vehicle where you can store assets and change you can have things deeded over into this into this contract and if you should set one up if you are willing to do the work and it's really like once you get into it and with the help of make sure you are using an attorney to help you set one up an attorney that's experienced with it it's not that complicated it's for the benefit that you get out of it in my opinion, you should set one up because it's not that complicated. Once it's set up, there's very, very little maintenance, like very little to practically no annual fees for these trusts. And once you're done, once you go through that initial work, it is just set up for you and it's done. So because of that, because of how relatively easy they are to set up, once you're aware of how to do it and you get the right help, and once it's set up, the maintenance is so low, I would set them up. And the main reason for that wouldn't be a tax planning reason. It would be for asset protection. I want you to remember that. It'd be for asset protection and for estate planning. Asset protection is to, if certain things happen and there's certain types of trusts that can pull uh, assets or business ownership out of your personal name, kind of out of your personal liability and separate that while it's in a trust. That's the asset protection side. And then estate planning is after you pass how much simpler it is for those handling your state, how much simpler it, is, simpler it is for them, but also for you as the, the trustee, the grantor, the person that dies, in a way, you still have control of your assets after you die. You can write in your trust document and dictate how you things, how you want things distributed, how you want things managed. It just helps you stay in control and it helps you kind of dictate what's ha what happens with those. If you want to preserve your assets, preserve your wealth, even after you die. So... I would set one up and typically the, the family grantor trust is the type of revocable trust you would set up and you'd put your personal assets in there, your business ownership in there. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't get rid of the fact that you would still have LLCs and corporations for your real estate and other investments and business ownership. You'd still have those entities, but those could all be underneath, all be underneath your trust. The trust doesn't file its own tax return, but hopefully that helps. Really, again, the goal is for you to increase your wealth and decrease your taxes with this knowledge. And please feel free to reach out if you want a specific, um, a more specific episode on exactly what to do or maybe some specific scenarios. I'd be happy to run through those. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and please provide a review of what you thought of this episode. For specific topic requests or questions to be covered, please email questions at wealthgamepodcast.com. 